Not sure what to expect or how to navigate the interview process? Want to make sure your personal statement hits the mark? AMSA's new program, Applied Match Preparation, or AMP, has been created just for you. Get personalized, one-on-one assistance from a team of experts and get ready to shine during the application process. Visit amsa.org amsa-amp to get started today. After being awake 24 hours straight, where's your head at? Will it be ready for life or death decisions? Welcome to the AMSA AdLib podcast where you'll hear from med students and experts alike. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. In 1989, New York State was the first to cap the hours a resident physician could work in the state at roughly 80 per week. More than a decade later, the 80-hour work week became the rule in the rest of the United States. The ACGME, the accrediting body for residency training in the U.S., first adopted duty hour restrictions in 2003. In 2009, the Institute of Medicine issued a report saying that the evidence linking sleep deprivation with preventable medical error, illness, and injury to residents warranted a further reduction in work hours. The IOM recommended that all residents' shifts be limited to 16 hours. The ACGME responded in 2011 by introducing a 16-hour shift limit, but only for first-year residents. The ACGME also granted nearly 190 waivers to certain internal medicine and surgery programs that were participating in the iCompare and FIRST trials, respectively. These trials were intended to examine the effect of longer shifts for residents. Dr. Kelly Tibbert, AMSA's national president, says the trials themselves were, and continue to be, unethical. The trial investigators did not receive informed consent from residents or the patients. They are the human subjects that the research is being conducted on and they were told that they did not have to receive informed consent. So ever since this has been going on with the iCompare and the first trials, AMSA, along with Public Citizen, have repeatedly demanded that the Department of Health and Human Services Office for Human Research Protections, or OHRP, open an investigation into both of the trials' lack of compliance with the most basic federal requirements for the protection of human subjects. But these trials are still persisting, and in fact, they've even been extended by another academic year, despite concern raised by physicians in training, as well as our patients. In regards to the resident work hours, we've fully been in support of ACGME's position that residency training should ultimately be designed to produce competent, autonomous, caring physicians. However, in AMSA, we believe this has to be done in a manner that protects and promotes the welfare of those physicians in training. So we support the work hour protections and believe that residents should not have to work more than 16 hours in a single shift and that there needs to be a cap on an 80-hour work week. With the 80-hour work week, we want to ensure that the 80 hours is not being averaged over the course of more than one week because oftentimes you might see programs that are averaging two weeks together saying that Yes, our residents are working only 80 hours a week, but one week they might be working 100 and the other week working less, and it's averaging to 80. Training work hours restrictions don't affect the hours med students work. So what stake does the American Medical Student Association have in the discussion? As a medical student association, and really an association that represents all physicians in training, which includes interns and residents, it's our duty to make sure that we're protecting the lives and the education of those physicians in training. We want to 
promote the welfare um, and also our education. We're not asking for these restrictions and work hours just because we're not interested in doing the work and we don't want to learn. It's instead that we acknowledge that there are different aspects to medicine today that haven't been present in the past years that we need to address. Resident duty hour restrictions aren't without their critics, even from a patient safety standpoint. One of the most common concerns is the increased number of patient handoffs when residents work shorter shifts. Dr. Tibbert says that handoffs are integral to the practice of medicine, and residents will need to know how to hand off their patients safely, regardless of shift length. We don't need to make sure that we're doing less of it, but that we're actually training our residents to do this so that they're able to do it when it comes time to participate in a handoff. Currently, we, we really believe that there needs to be an emphasis on handoffs and training and that graduate medical education should refocus on clinical milestones instead of the number of hours worked. There is definitely a continued need for resident duty hour limits as part of our shared obligation both to resident well-being and high-quality patient care. Our resident duty hour requirements should be based on the most current research of sleep, learning, patient safety care, and resident well-being, but we're not basing our medical education on these things most often. Um, and in fact, we really need to refocus our residency training on education because that is the primary goal of residency training is to educate us and to, to teach us to be the best physicians that we can be. AMSA supports the current ACGME requirements, stating that teamwork and interdisciplinary collaboration are critical components of both medical professionalism and patient safety, and that residency programs should have structured and monitored processes in place to teach safe and effective transitions of care, and that residents must have competence in the communication skills needed to facilitate these transitions. So as I previously stated, we need to focus on teaching the handoff and teaching interdisciplinary teamwork um, and not focus on ensuring that one physician or one resident is overseeing the same patient for the entirety of their stay in the hospital, but rather working as a team and collaborating to care for patients in a way that takes the wellness aspect for both physicians, residents, and patients into consideration. We also have seen some programs that have been achieving high-yield competencies and focusing on that aspect as opposed to the number of hours spent on the clock. So we've seen these programs begin to adopt what's called the graduated milestone model in order to evaluate resident competency. This model is based on achieving proficiency in a number of skills and competencies based on requirements that are set by their specialty boards uh, but this is not based on a set number of hours. So there's no need to ensure that we're working 80 hours a week, uh, but rather ensure that we're actually meeting the requirements and the competencies and having the opportunity to master these skills uh, that are required by our specialty boards. AMSA definitely supports the competency-based model over an hours-based model, and it brings the focus of resident education back to patient care, which is what we need to be focusing on. No matter what the focus of resident education, limits on duty hours aren't much use if they go unheeded. And enforcement of the ACGME's restrictions has been inconsistent. Dr. Tibbert says there are a couple reasons why. It's critical that both the enforcement and the evaluation of resident duty hours are utilized to maintain and enhance the quality of resident medical education and the quality of patient care. In order to realize any of the benefits of resident duty hour limits, 
or to reliably evaluate the effects, resident duty hours need to be reported accurately. And the duty hour limits need to be enforced consistently. So despite some efforts to promote an environment of honest reporting and adherence to the current duty hour requirements, residents are continuing to underreport hours to their programs. And this is occurring for a variety of reasons, whether the residents are fearful of the retaliate, retaliation or they fear a negative impact to their program if it were to be penalized by the ACGME for not following the 80-hour workweek restrictions. So we need to make sure that we're actually allowing our residents to report these hours and to report these issues of non-compliance without fearing for their careers being in jeopardy or fearing that they're going to lose a job because their program will be impacted. Residents, physicians, and regulators aren't the only party interested in the outcome. So are patients. Just this week, the consumer rights advocacy group Public Citizen released the results of a poll they commissioned on the general public's attitude toward physician work hours. Their poll found strong support for the current duty hour limits. Dr. Tibbert says AMSA and Public Citizen are asking three things of the ACGME. One, we're asking that they listen to the American public and reject any calls to remove the 16 consecutive hour limit for interns. We're also asking that they apply the 16-hour cap to all residents. And our final ask is that we want the ACGME to rescind its waivers that allow the iCompare and the first trials to continue. The mission of ACGME is to improve healthcare and population health by assessing and advancing the quality of resident physicians' education through accreditation. However, when we're advancing quality, comparing that to advancing quantity, those are two completely different approaches to medical education. We need to ensure that ACGME is staying true to their mission and looking at the advancement of quality of medical education instead of the quantity. For medical students and residents who would like to learn about the possible relaxation of duty hour limits and what that might mean for both their training and patient safety, Dr. Tibbert suggests visiting the advocacy page on AMSA.org. We have a list of resources in regards to this subject on resident work hours. You can see different letters that AMSA has written previously with Public Citizen. You can see different research that's been conducted and become more well-informed uh, in order to form your own opinion. Uh, if you believe in what AMSA believes in and that we should not rescind the work hour restrictions, and that we should continue to promote safety and in medical education, then you can look for our petition on our website uh, and also in your email inbox if you're an AMSA member. This petition will be sent to Dr. Nasca, the president of the ACGME, asking that he and the ACGME do not rescind the resident work hour restrictions and in fact, look out for the safety and quality of medical education. What do you think about the current resident work hours limitations? Have you seen residents pushing the limits of duty hours? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at adlib at amsa.org to let us know your thoughts. AMSA AdLib was brought to you by the American Medical Student Association. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. This episode was produced by Pete Thompson and myself. Joshua Caulfield is the show's executive producer, and Dr. Kelly Tibbert is AMSA's national president. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and thank you for listening. How can you sharpen your competitive edge? Learn how to land your first choice residency, take part in clinical skill building sessions, and debate emerging issues in healthcare. Join us for AMSA's fall conferences October 15th through the 16th in Puerto Rico and November 19th through the 20th in New York City. Visit amsafallconference.org to register now.